Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. All right, you probably heard about it by now, the big indictment, the second one, the third one of Hunter Biden. He would seem to be in big trouble to the amateur eye. Actually, this is a hookup. They could have gotten him for far worse. They could have gotten him for bribery. They could have gotten him for not registering as a foreign agent, which is a real serious problem when you get accused of that and convicted of that. Somehow, I think that actually this is a hookup for Hunter. Wouldn't it be the first time, after all, his father is the president of the United States? Will this preclude him somehow from having to testify in that closed-door deposition before James Comer's committee? There's a lot about this indictment that I don't like, but there's a lot about this indictment that I do like. In some ways, Hunter is busted. And the evidence against him uh, for the alleged crimes here is, is pretty solid. And for the crimes of his father for looking the other way and lying to all of us. I want to go to the very first part of this indictment, the United States versus Hunter Biden. Line one, the defendant served on the board of a Ukrainian industrial conglomerate and a Chinese private equity fund. He negotiated and executed contracts for a lot of money and agreements for business and legal services that paid millions of dollars of compensation to him and or his domestic corporations, i.e. Owasco PC and Owasco LLC. And let me see that again. Chinese conglomerate, right? You saw that. A Chinese private equity fund, the Ukrainian conglomerate and the Chinese private equity fund. Now, this encompasses from, let's see here, 2016 to 2020. And who remembers that debate? My son has not made money in terms of this thing about, uh, what are you talking about, China. I have not had, the only guy made money from China is this guy. He's the only one. Nobody else has made money from China. You know, everyone's running around evaluating this thing, wondering if Hunter Biden's going to go to jail or not. Not nearly enough accountability of the man who lied to hundreds of millions of people and was virtually never challenged by the media on any of this. The only one who's directly challenged Joe Biden is the man right next to him. I have to go back to the indictment, though. This, uh, the defendant engaged, the defendant being Hunter, engaged in a four-year scheme to not pay at least $1.4 million in federal taxes that he owed for tax years 2016 through 2019 from in or about January of 2017 through in or about October 15th, 2020. <laughs> Two weeks after that little moment from the debate had happened. Um, all right. This is China and Ukraine, right? When Joe Ga- has been asked about this, gently challenged by the media, just once actually, gets very thin-skinned and he does lie. Hunter Biden, your son, was getting paid a lot of money to serve on the board of a Ukrainian energy company facing serious corruption charges. You were the vice president running point on Ukraine. 
the average Joe hears that and says, that sounds fishy. What's your understanding of what your son was doing for an extraordinary amount of money? I don't know what he was doing. I know he was on the board. I found out he was on the board after he was on the board. And that was it. And there's nobody... Well, no you've had said, a lot of time. Isn't this something you want to get to the bottom of? No, because I trust my son. But that doesn't pass the smell test. Like, when you're vice president, isn't there a higher standard? Don't you need to know no. what's happening with your family? Don't you need to put down no. some guardrails? Um, unless there was something that was... Uh, there was something on its face that was wrong. There's nothing on its face that was wrong. So, Look, if you want to talk about problems, you know, let's talk about Trump's family. I mean, come on. Everything about it was wrong. Everything. Uh, the whole arrangement, the Obama administration knew it. And how indignant he is, right, when he's confronted with this stuff. And it gets worse. So guys are amazing. So you think that everything that happened was kosher? You know there's not one single bit of evidence, not one little tiny bit, to suggest anything done was wrong. You know that. Not only was it a, a scuzzy job arrangement he had, even on this bogus arrangement, he didn't pay taxes. So there's a lot, a lot, a lot of evidence of real corruption. Remember this also. While you were working your job, while I was working my job and actually not working for a period of time, how much did Hunter Biden get paid in this period? Between 2016 and 2020, the defendant, Hunter Biden, individually received more than $7 million in gross income. And this is when he was a hardcore drug addict. Wow. You know, the only person who really challenged Joe about this stuff, not the media, not it, Donald Trump. And when he brought it up in the debate, you know what? They counted just about everything that the president said here as a lie. And he's been vindicated on everything. Have you seen any reports of his vindication? Are they doing that? No. They're trying to say he's a dictator. But everything he says here is correct. Just out of curiosity, the mayor of Moscow's wife gave your son three and a half million dollars. What did he true. do to deserve it? That what did he do with Barista to deserve one hundred eighty-three thousand dollars? None of that is true. Not an answer. Not none of that is true. Oh, really? He totally didn't give totally Mr. President, it's totally, Mr. President, please. Totally discredited. Totally discredited. And by the way, well, wait, he didn't get three and a half million dollars, Joe. Mr. Vice he got three Mr. And a half President, that is not true. Oh, really? Mr. Oh. President, but, Mr. You, it's, an, it's an open discussion, please. No, you, you, it's a fact. I, well, there's, you there's have raised an issue. Let the Vice totally President answer. Discredited. Did Barista was a pay him $183,000 a month with no experience in energy? Mr. Look, President, no my son did nothing wrong at Barista. I think he did. Mr. President, let him answer. He doesn't want to let me answer because he knows I have the truth. His, his position has been totally, thoroughly discredited. By who? And the great. media. By everybody. Well, by the, by media, the media, by our allies, by the World Bank. By e Is Joe going to maybe have an address, an address to the nation, apologizing, explaining the lies? I mean, no. It's just going to be brushed aside. Joe will uh, just move on. It can't happen this way. It can't happen. It can't be let off the hook. Hey, who remembers uh, Hunter Biden wrote a book? Not too many people bought it, but uh, the media did promote it. It's in the indictment as well. First, take a look. 
In Hunter Biden's new memoir, he addresses his lifelong battle with addiction and his family's efforts to save him from himself. Beautiful Things comes out tomorrow. It's published by Gallery Books, an imprint of Simon & Schuster, which is a division of Viacom CBS. All right, all those big companies involved. And Hunter got money for that book and tried to hide the money. He tried to hide it in the indictment. On November 25th, 2019, the defendant signed a contract with the publishing house. From January through October 15th of 2020, the defendant received approximately 140000 paid into his wife's bank account related to the book. This was part of the, uh, yeah, playing games with his income. How about that one, huh? And he was on all the shows with a straight face promoting this book and hiding the income from it while his dad was running for president. That is, I don't know, chutzpah? No, that's criminal. That's insulting. And what does Hunter Biden have to do with Romania? Take a look at this. When his father was vice president in the fall of 2015, the defendant entered into an oral agreement with business associate number one, purportedly to help a Romanian business person, some guy named GP, his initials, contest bribery charges he was facing in his home country, Romania. Huh. Between 2015 and 2017, business associate number one received approximately $3 million dollars which was split roughly into thirds between the defendant, business associate one, business associate number two. How about that one, huh? Can I see uh, Joe Biden in Romania? Now we know Joe knows something about a Romania. This is Joe with an important guy in Romania a few years ago. Now Joe could possibly get GP out of whatever trouble he's in, but Hunter on his own? Hmm. No. Who remembers Tony Bobolinsky? This guy has been unfortunately forgotten by, well, no, we got to bring him back. He knew everything, and he told us back in 2020. After months of discussion, I agreed to Gillian Hunter Biden's request to become CEO of the entity to be called SinoHawk. Sino representing the Chinese side, Hawk representing Hunter Biden's brother Bo's favorite animal. Uh, Bo Biden. And let's see. Yeah, right there in the indictment, they talk about Sinohawk. After the state energy HK payment, the defendant, business associate one and business associate two, began negotiating a joint venture with individuals associated with CEFC, which they called Sinohawk. Everybody said Bob Alinsky was, uh, by the way. And uh, Tony told us that Joe Biden knew about all of it. I was introduced to Joe Biden by Jim Biden and Hunter Biden. At, and a, at my approximately hour-long meeting with Joe that night, we discussed the Biden's history, the Biden's family business plans with the Chinese, with which he was plainly familiar, at least at a high level. All right, Joe knew about it, but I'm going to go back to the off-the-hook part for Hunter Biden. Have you ever heard of Farah, foreign agent, let me see here, it's a, it's a thing that you have to do, Foreign Agents Registration Act. Yeah, if you're working for another country, you have to let the federal government know if you're an American that you're doing that, and you can get into big trouble if you don't do it. Paul Manafort, they put that guy in leg shackles, put him in solitary confinement over that kind of stuff. Joe Biden, how do they get all that money? Isn't it, try, isn't it kind of all falling into place right now? We knew it for a long time, but gosh, I tell you, when the federal government lays it out in these little things called indictments. It does indeed tell a story. 
that the media, even conservative media, they're still covering for Joe. For years, Republicans have been trying to find concrete evidence that Joe Biden personally profited from his son's overseas business dealings. But so far, nothing has turned up, Neil. Wrong again, Fox News. The House Oversight Committee just this week came out with automatic payments from Hunter's account full of Chinese money going to his father, Joe Biden. Yeah, $1,380 a month for four months. This is something. Oh, no, no, that was just about a car. I'll get to the car in a moment. All right. Stop spinning for the Bidens. Stop trying to make excuses for them. You can see it. It's here right in front of us. How about the WhatsApp messages? Remember that? Oh, that's unverified. No, it's not. A lengthy messages between Hunter and a high-ranking businessman in China. I am sitting here with my father, and we would like to understand why the commitment has not been fulfilled. Man, Hunter is mad. Sounds like a collection agency. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand, and now means tonight. He should have been in the collections business. I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me, his father, and every person he knows, Obama and the rest, and my ability to forever hold a grudge that you'll regret not following my direction. Wow. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Back to the indictment. Three days later, on or about August 2nd, 2017, the defendant executed on behalf of Owasco the operating agreement for Hudson West 3. Hudson West 3 was funded with an initial $5 million capital contribution from an entity that was not owned or controlled by the defendant. They use this bureaucratic language sometimes to cover themselves, but wow, huh? And how about that, Joe? He is accused formally of not paying millions of dollars in taxes. Joe talks about rich people and taxes a lot. The wealthy still do very well, even though they don't pay their taxes. Imagine what we could do if we just made these billionaires pay their taxes like everyone else. Pay your taxes, for God's sake. For God's sake, resign. I got more on him when we come back. We have to take a quick one. wealthy still do very well, even though they don't pay their taxes. Imagine what we could do if we just made these billionaires pay their taxes like everyone else. Pay your taxes, for God's sake. Wow. Had to show it to you one more time. Back to the indictment. Between 2016 and October 15, 2020, the defendant spent this money on drugs Escorts, girlfriends, luxury hotels, rental properties, exotic cars, clothing, and other items of a personal nature. In short, everything but his taxes. Wow, huh? How much are we going to cover for Joe Biden? When will the mainstream media turn on this total fraud? And in the midst of this debauchery, what does Hunter do? He's living in California. And for some mysterious reason, he flies across the country to go to Wilmington to conspicuously make this weird car purchase of a Ford pickup truck, brings his dad to the lot. But Hunter doesn't buy the month, doesn't buy the car. His dad has to co-sign. It's so weird. How much money was he making in 2015? We know it from the indictment. In 2018, 
he made $2.3 million in. Hunter, Hunter could have bought that thing outright. Instead, he set up this convoluted system where he, his dad actually had the car and Hunter was paying his dad for the car. It's so crazy. But we're the crazy ones, according to the, the mainstream. For fact's sake, Joe Biden gave his son a no-interest loan. There is no special benefit as the lender. Does a sitting congressman, right, head of the House Oversight Committee, not understand how a loan works? <laughs> we don't understand a loan for a 49-year-old man from his father when the kid is making $2.3 million a year. That does not make sense to us. It never, and all this stuff about, save it, Hunter having problems, and this is all about helping Hunter. They told that to us for a long time too, remember? Everybody needs to back off Joe Biden about this. He loves his son, back off. It is okay for him to love his son. He has said that he loves his son. It's also the story of a father's love. And Joe Biden has never and will never give up on his son, son Hunter, and will never treat him lesser than. All right, that's beautiful. But does that mean you get to lie to the American people about your son? My son has not made money in terms of this thing about, uh, what are you talking about, China? except for many, many millions of dollars, huh? So you don't get to lie about your son to the American people um, on, on matters of finance and also matters of um, substance abuse because they've used that as a political tool to gain sympathy, haven't they? Gentlemen, my son. And he didn't have a job. My son, like a lot of people, like a lot of people we know at home, had a drug problem. He's overtaken it. He's, he's, he's fixed it. He's worked on it. And I'm proud of him. Actually, at this time, right there, October 2020, some guy he basically just met is mysteriously paying him about a million dollars. In this indictment, Hunter Biden got a million dollars in 2020 from a prominent lawyer, uh, entertainment lawyer in L.A., a known pot smoker himself. Hunter was not set up to beat this problem, and I think he still has it, and I wish he didn't. The key to understanding... Um, all of this is you got to understand this about Joe. He stopped growing a long time ago. Here's Joe as president of the United States, okay? But here's Joe when he really struck it big in 1973, a brand new U.S. senator. I've heard this before, like that celebrities, when they make it big, a lot of them stop growing, right? It's always going to be that big year. They don't have to impress anybody anymore. Big fish in a small pond, Delaware, right? Doesn't have to grow, doesn't have to work. He has a lock on things. And a couple of things were going down when Joe was running for Senate in 1972 that I think are worth pointing out. J. Edgar Hoover was actually the director of the FBI when Joe Biden started out in politics. When Joe Biden started out in politics, the Watergate Hotel was just a hotel. It hadn't even been burglarized yet, right? That was all yet to come. Lyndon Johnson, interesting, may have in inspired uh, Joe Biden, went into politics dirt poor, emerged worth something like, uh, I think, $200 million at all kinds of TV stations and radio stations. Uh, I'm sorry, $100 million. Back in 1973, that's, that's big money. The rules were different back then. 
you were a senator, my gosh, you were a, a potentate. You could do anything you wanted to. And the rules have changed, but Joe is still frustrated that you shouldn't be calling me out on this stuff. And that's why he gets angry. And all he can do is deny, deny, deny. But he's really indignant that he's even being asked the questions. This is one good moment for the fake news. Savannah Guthrie, back during the campaign of 2020. Has it occurred to you that there's a certain irony here that here the president is accused of and has acknowledged wanting to get information about your son Hunter and his dealings with Ukraine? And this process of impeachment has ensured that everyone knows about Hunter's dealings with Ukraine. That's He's a good thing. And no one's found anything wrong with his dealings with Ukraine, except they say it sets a bad image. Well, do you agree that it sets a bad yeah, image? And my son said that. Do you think it was wrong for him to take that position? No. Knowing that it was really because but, that but company it, wanted access to you. Well, that's not true. You're saying things you do not know what you're talking about. No one said that. Who said that? Everybody. <laughs> Everybody gets so angry. He thinks it's beneath him. I mean, politicians, they're supposed to live well, right? They're supposed to have all kinds of stuff. Fancy cars, beautiful clothes, houses all over the place, right? It's been happening forever. No, not anymore. I don't know what's going to happen. I do know this, though. Joe Biden will not be the nominee. No way, shape, or form will he be the nominee. Can't, can't. This might be the deep state moving against him, telling Joe Biden that time's up. It's complicated, actually. Boy, that swamp. Very, very murky. I'll be right back. Hey, guys, it's Carson. Imagine this. It's the dead of night. You're lying in bed. Suddenly you hear something go bump. What is your next move? Well, you reach for the ultimate solution, the new MC-14 tip-up pistol from EAA Corp. And Gerson, this game-changing firearm is perfect for those with limited hand strength, disabilities, or anyone seeking a comfortable and user-friendly alternative. Picture this. The MC-14T features an ingenious tip-up barrel design, making loading and unloading a breeze. Say goodnight to struggles while racking a slide. Just load the tip-up barrel, lock it back down, and you're ready to fire. The MC-14T is chambered in 380 ACP, boosting a 13-plus-1 round capacity. With its reliable stopping power and compact size, it's an excellent choice for personal defense, complete with accessory rail and ambidextrous safeties. Experience a new level of convenience. Available with all EAA Corp distributors, starting at an incredibly affordable MSRP of just $498. Don't miss out on this game-changing firearm. Visit EAACorp.com today. That's EAACorp.com. So, urban combat. Uh, it's very dangerous, obviously. It's really hard to not kill civilians. Uh, nobody wants to, but unfortunately, it's a fact of life. In a typical urban battle, take a look at this. We have the figures actually from the United Nations. For every one person targeted, like an actual soldier or combatant, 90% are innocent uh, civilians. Nine civilians killed to every one militant. These numbers are actually from the United Nations, and they go back a couple of years. They predate everything that's going on in, uh, in Israel, between Israel and Hamas. Uh, recently, one of their effective spokespeople have really kind of come in for some criticism because of this statement. Um, well, listen to what he said.
According to the AFP, senior Israeli military officials have said around two civilians have been killed for every Hamas fighter that you have successfully killed in the Gaza Strip. So that's two civilians for every terrorist. Can you confirm that? Yeah, I can confirm the report, uh, and I can say that uh, if that is true, and I think that our numbers will um, be corroborated, if you compare though that ratio to any other conflict in urban terrain, you will find that that ratio is tremendous, tremendously positive and perhaps unique. And he's right. I mean, the fake news went bananas. Oh, look at this guy. He's a barbarian. He's celebrating that uh, civilians are being killed. But he's right. We showed you those numbers. I'd like to bring in, though, two experts. We have Brigadier General Blaine Holt, U.S. Air Force retired, and Lieutenant Colonel Darwin Gaub. Uh, I hope I got that right, sir. Uh, welcome. Former U.S. Army Black Hawk helicopter pilot, and he's the co-founder and executive director of Restore Liberty. General Holt, I never really considered that, the ratio thing. Um, but little research suggests that the Israelis are being incredibly precise and incredibly successful in minimizing civilian death. They're trying to, Greg. It's good to be with both of you this evening. Listen, the, we're also in a cocktail called information warfare and propaganda, and all sides have theirs. What we can know is that a great portion of the U.N. mission there in Gaza is undeniably members of Hamas. Um, the Ministry of Health, which a lot of the media outlets are pining their numbers on from Gaza, is Hamas. Uh, it is true that in urban combat, and we talked about this on this show before this thing even kicked off, that urban combat it means lots of collateral damage, lots of civilian death. The IDF has been at war essentially for decades. They have many practices, techniques, and procedures on how to go about minimizing uh, these casualties, and they do just that. But they're not getting a fair shake in this information war environment, to be sure, Greg. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, Lieutenant Colonel uh, Cornicus, he he's very well intended. I don't think he understood um, how that line came across I think if it was me, I would have just said, we're doing everything that we possibly can. This is very difficult. Well, then again, two to one, that actually is perhaps something to celebrate, uh, Colonel Gaub, compared to what happens in a typical urban environment, say, uh, combat environment, Fallujah, Mosul, um, Berlin, going back. Uh, what are your thoughts, please? And Greg, I think you're right that ultimately that if you're if you're just going to stick to pure numbers, that this this can be compared to what has gone on through history, uh, other than to show that there's a significant improvement. And this shows that the, the different steps that Israel has taken to actually account for the civilians in the Gaza Strip has been pretty significant from dropping leaflets to some of the tactics I've seen them employ from the air and ground, both actually put more IDF soldiers at risk than your typical army ever would in this kind of environment. Urban warfare is difficult. It's the hardest kind of warfare there is. You mix in the fact that casualty accounting and reporting is never accurate, and that's also never been accurate throughout history. So first of all, like Wayne said, to, to use the numbers from Hamas is the first mistake. And I, I also do not believe that the question was fully understood in context. And I agree that he should have just said, we're doing everything we can. And from what we're seeing here, they've done quite a bit to account for this already. 
Well, this spokesperson, who I, again, I think is very effective, um, he stands by the comments, but he thought the tone might have been a bit off. He showed up on uh, some network called DW, and he was asked about it. Take a look. Every civilian life lost in combat is sad and not the aim of the operation. But if, and I said if, if the ratio is one to two, then it is exceptionally positive within the context of fighting in urban terrain. And that, of course, does not indicate that we want to kill civilians. We aspire to okay. minimize that. But when you compare it to other militaries who fight in urban terrain, it would be an exceptionally uh, positive ratio. Uh, I want to look at that UN number again. Typical combat in urban environment, nine civilians killed for every one. And quite frankly, I never really... We never got this lesson when I was in the military. We did military operations uh, in combat areas, uh, mount, they called it, and training. Right. I, I think this is actually something to celebrate. And if the fake news doesn't like it, they don't like the way it's pulled, let's face it, they're not pulling for Israel no matter what, um, uh, General. Yeah, it's very true. And listen, you know, they're going to grab onto whatever stat they can, and they're going to spin it in the direction that they want to. And right now, uh, the mainstream media, the, the station DW is Deutsche Welt, that's a German station, and they're very hostile uh, to Israel in this. And, you know, here's the thing. Lieutenant Colonel Cornicus knew that no matter what happened, he was going to get a, a, a rough shake on that station and many others. But to compliment him and and the Israeli Defense Forces, they will get out there, they will go to hostile media outlets, and they will make their case that you just have to understand we're doing what we can. What 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 we don't do is go back and reflect on October 7th, because without that day, none of this happens anyway. And, uh, you know, go, going and building on Darren's point, and I'll finish here, is they told everybody before they started to flood the tunnels, we're going to flood the tunnels. No surprise attack. We're coming. Get out of the way. It's incredibly humane, actually. Gentlemen, I'm sorry we're keeping it short, out of time, but to be continued. Uh, Colonel, General, thank you, and we'll be right Have back. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Look, the story's not about me. The story's not about someone else. It's about you. At The Balance, I remember why I'm here. The more we all know, the better we'll all be. Don't miss Eric Bowling, The Balance, tonight on Newsmax. Why am I the only person on the stage, at least, who can say that January 6th now does look like it was an inside job? Um, VP for Trump? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, and speaking of January 6th, you know, there are still people being unfairly prosecuted, persecuted, uh, being sentenced to outlandishly long uh, stints in jail. This individual, his name is uh, Hofstetter, I think. He didn't hurt anybody. He didn't break anything. He may have said some pretty over-the-top stuff. I guess they found him with a hatchet. They found him with a hatchet in his backpack. And he's uh, going to jail for 11 years. 11 years. Thing is, um, I don't think a hatchet, I don't think it's illegal to carry one of those things. I also know this, he did not use it on anyone. It's amazing. He's going to jail for 11 years. In New York, about a year ago, a little over, there was a man who went on a rampage in a McDonald's with an ax. See this? Turn up the volume. Oh. 
assaulting people, terrorizing people with an axe, vandalizing the place. How long was he in jail? I think it was about two hours before he was released. Two hours. And then he was giving interviews to local media. My intentions were not to hurt anyone. My intentions were not to put anyone in a hospital or dice anybody up. The reason why I pulled out the hatchet was because, okay, I'm going to get back at these guys, but I'm going to make sure that they don't jump me again. I'm going to get back at these guys. I took out the hatchet because <laughs> I'm going to hurt somebody with it. Wow. Back to January. This guy is out and about right now. The Molotov cocktail man. Well, he wasn't really a Molotov cocktail man. This fellow who was walking around the Capitol on January 6th, well, he thought better of it. He did have some Molotov cocktails in the trunk of his car. And he left them there. He didn't take them with him. He didn't throw them. And that individual, serious time in jail, 46 months, Lonnie Kaufman. If only he were a Black Lives Matter enthusiast and he actually used them, say, on a Wendy's or on a McDonald's. Well, guess what? He wouldn't be in any trouble, at least in Atlanta, in the aftermath of a controversial police shooting. You know, Atlanta, they, they burned up this place. These two individuals were found guilty of torching the Wendy's, $500 fine, 150 hours of community service. What is this all about? I'm just really happy that uh, Vivek Ramaswamy and Donald Trump and, uh, and two few others are talking about January 6th, the hypocrisy, the unfairness. Still, they won't forget Ashley Babbitt. So many key questions have not been answered, and they haven't even been asked. Good job, Vivek. I'll be right back. Hi, I'm Elmer Heinrich. I am the owner of the 40-year-old company that sells Immuno 150. Immuno 150 contains nine exotic fruits, 13 vitamins, 17 herbs, 18 amino acids, 70 minerals, COQ10, turmeric, flaxseed, and a lot more. Now this powerful formulation has propelled me to 89 years of age and my wife to 81, both with no dementia, no diabetes, no heart problems, no high blood pressure, no aches or pains of any kind, and the ability to do everything we did 30 years ago. I'm sure it can do the same thing for you. Now look at the video on our website. To learn more about Amina 150, then place your order online or by phone to see what 70 minerals and 80 other nutrients can do for you. I know you'll be just as satisfied and surprised as many thousands of other customers before you. Order now, you'll be glad you did. Israel is under attack. The war against Israel began with the murder of hundreds of precious children. In this orphanage bomb shelter, we're praying for God's help, praying to Avinu Malkenu, our father, our king. Countless Israelis are enduring the devastating anguish of lost loved ones. Thousands of rockets have forced over 100,000 Israelis to become refugees in their own homeland. Israeli families are in crisis. The International Fellowship of Christians and Jews is on the ground, reaching Jewish people of all ages, children, mothers, the elderly, even Holocaust survivors. But we can't do it without you. 
Your gift of $45 will make sure that the people of Israel have mobile bomb shelters, emergency supplies, and the hot, nutritious meals that they so desperately need. Our teams are working on the ground, often at great risk to themselves. They're delivering meals to the elderly and families who are living in bomb shelters. This would be an incredibly important time for all of the friends of the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews to stand with our friends in Israel. Let them know that we are not only praying for the peace of Jerusalem, but we're also praying and acting in their interest because we believe it's what God would have us do. I simply can't stress enough the urgency of this situation. It's more dire than ever before. This is your moment. This is your opportunity to make a life-saving difference. It's your prayers and gifts that give hope to the people of Israel. Call, scan, or visit our website now to make your life-saving donation. Attention, all victims diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma after using the Weed Killer Roundup. The World Health Organization has designated glyphosate, the main chemical found in Roundup Weed Killer, a probable human carcinogen. Financial compensation may be available for Roundup cancer victims, so take action. Call Saddle Rock Legal Group now to see if you qualify for a claim against the manufacturer. Previously, a federal jury unanimously found Roundup to be a substantial factor in causing cancer. Since 1985, thousands of agricultural workers and users have been exposed to this dangerous risk when using Roundup. So if you or someone you love, ages 18 to 80, have been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma after using Roundup, call Saddle Rock Legal Group now to see if you qualify for a claim against the manufacturer. The call is free and only takes a few minutes. Call now. Call 1-800-727-1285. That's 1-800-727-1285. Well, another day of chaos at the border, right? Uh, all kinds of people coming in unvetted from all over the world, totally illegally. Uh, but they're here, potentially to stay. Seems to me like a president who cared could do a lot to stop this, right? Uh, but so often we hear from the Democrats in the media that somehow, somehow, this is the fault of Republicans. I'll sit down with anyone who in good faith wants to fix our broken immigration system. And it's hard. It's hard on the best of circumstances. But if the most extreme Republicans continue to demagogue this issue and reject solutions, I'm left with only one choice. To act on my own, do as much as I can on my own. A president without the help, without the help of Republicans, is doing everything that he can to deal with the border. If Republicans were sincere and genuine about truly negotiating a more secure border, they would have voted uh, to begin debate and discussion on that bill. All right, I don't believe it. I just don't believe that this is the fault of Republicans. I mean, anybody who wanted to control that border... I believe could right now, and they might have the tools to do it. A president who cared. Chad Wolf, lots of experience on this issue. He was the acting Homeland Security Secretary under President Trump. Uh, he spent a lot of time at the border and uh, a lot of time in government. First of all, Mr. Secretary, welcome back uh, to Newsmax. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me this evening. You bet. Look, I remember you well uh, in the tail end of the Trump administration, uh, but please tell me, a president who really wanted to, there are a lot of tools at their disposal, right? And this idea that it's the Republicans' fault, it sounds like a political game. Am I wrong? 
No, I don't think you are wrong. Look, this administration and this president and the DHS secretary can fix this crisis tomorrow if they wanted to. They have all the authorities and tools that they need. And the reason I know that is because we were able to do just that in the Trump administration without any act from Congress, without any new uh, authorities or new laws passed. It's clear that this administration doesn't want to do it. What they've seen in their failed strategy over these last three years is exactly what they want to see and play out along that border. It doesn't matter what they tell you, but what they try to convince the American people is it's anyone's fault but their own. Congress did not cause this crisis. The administration did when they decided to change policy. And so they have the tools and the wherewithal to fix it if they wanted to. They simply don't want to. It's amazing. And they keep saying that. I'd like to show you um, Article 4, Section 5, I believe, from the Constitution. The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion. That's in the Constitution. Um, is this, look, is this something that you thought about as Homeland Security Secretary? This seems like a real thing in the Constitution that the president is responsible for, and he's not. Well, I think that's right. Look, when I was at the department, I took my oath and my responsibilities very seriously to protect Americans and American communities every single day. And when you see the, the mass of humanity and the illegal aliens crossing that border every single day and the national security threats and the public safety threats, this is clearly a dereliction of duty by both the president, the vice president and the secretary of Homeland Security. It doesn't matter what they tell the American people or the White House uh, spokesperson says it's Republican fault. At the end of the day, this is happening on their watch. They are solely responsible. Uh, and again, they can fix this tomorrow if they want to. They have a lot of tools at their disposal that they're not currently using. They could be removing individuals. They could be detaining individuals. They could be uh, repatriating individuals. They're not doing any of these things that are common sense measures under our immigration laws. So, I mean, they know they're lying, right? I mean, what, and you say they don't want to. Why don't they want to? What do they get out of this? They're trying to, is it votes? Is it the cheap labor? Is it uh, turning this country over to people who don't believe in America? I mean, what is it? I think it's a couple of things at play, but it's a great question. I think, one, they don't believe in borders, and they don't believe border enforcement. Time and time again, particularly when I was during the Trump administration, I would get phone calls from Democratic members asking me to ignore the law, don't remove individuals, even though they've had due process. So I don't believe that they be actually truly believe in, in border enforcement. I think they're also beholden to a lot of these non-governmental organizations that make their living on getting illegal aliens into the country and keeping them here under catch and release. And then I think there is a political component to it, as you mentioned. Uh, whether they believe these individuals somehow will keep them in office through votes, I don't. I don't subscribe to that. I think the numbers don't won't play that out. But I, I do think that that is certainly one factor at play. So let me ask you something. I'm hopeful that President Trump gets back in there. I really am. <laughs> I love the guy. I love the style. I love the policies. But I feel like the swamp. I mean, you know it well. Um, and I want to show you this guy, Miles Taylor, chief of staff. Remember him. This was anonymous. Uh, he wrote all kinds of horrible things. So many permanent employees or non-political appointees or even plenty of political appointees are so opposed to President Trump. I think they're going to try to sabotage him all over again. Um, how do we prevent that if Donald Trump does get back in there? And that is my hope. I, the, the entire system yeah. will be gunning for him all over again. And it was the last time, wasn't it? Well, it certainly was. And I don't think you're wrong. I think the administrative state, 
uh, will be out again because, you know, President, whether it's President Trump or another America first president uh, will start taking more and more power away from them, right? Giving it back to the people, less government. And that obviously is a, is a threat to them. Look, something that we're doing at the America First Policy Institute where I am at is actually planning for when that America First president goes back into power. How do you defeat the administrative state? We've been hard at work on that for over a year. We'll have almost two years under our belt looking at each agency to say, these are the levers and this is what you need to do at each individual agency to get an America First policy agenda across the finish line. So we've got a plan in place and, and we're executing on it. Very quickly, Vivek Ramaswamy at the debate mentioned uh, that the executive, the chief executive can fire or lay off or somehow eliminate 75 percent in the executive branch in some of these agencies. Number one, is that true? Do you like that yeah. idea? And do you like Vivek? Well, I think what he's talking about is Schedule F authority, which was implemented under President Trump. Of course, President Biden rolled that back to where you designate some of these positions, some of these career positions as policy positions, and then you're able to remove them um, should you should you choose to do so. So I believe that's what Vivek is, is referring to. Look, I think he's got a lot of good ideas, as I do uh, several of the candidates. I think President Trump has a proven track record, so I'm eager to see how he will continue to do, and I think he'll do very, very well. And look, whether it's President Trump or whoever, as long as it's an America first president that puts the American people first and their interests first, I think we're going to be well served. Chad Wolf, check him out at the America First Policy Institute. By the way, is Chad short for Chadwick? What kind of Chad? Everybody has a different. Every Chad I met has a different explanation about the name Chad. Now it's pretty easy. It's just Chad. That's what the last Chad said. I yeah. thought it was short for Chadwick. Anyway, Chad Wolf, appreciate it. Appreciate your service in the administration, and we'll be right back. You know, everybody's reporting the same stories, the same spin. You turn the channel, it's always the same. But not us. We're different. We report the real news. No spin, just the facts. Turn to us, and you won't turn back. Tune in to Rob Schmidt tonight on Newsmax. Hey, folks, Newsmax Plus, it's really, really cool. Uh, I highly suggest it, okay? Hundreds of thousands of people have signed up for it. You know we can't stream Newsmax for free anymore, so this is a great option, okay? Uh, once you get it, you can watch Newsmax uh, on TV, on your phone, on your iPad, whatever kind of tablet you have, wherever you are, whenever you're there, okay? Great shows. you got the Rob Schmidt Show, this show, Higby. Uh, what else? We've got the bowling, of course, and we got the squad and uh, Greta, too. So it's all great. Newsmax Plus. Oh, John Voight, the actor. There's a really great special on Israel that you can only see on Newsmax. So Newsmax Plus, go to NewsmaxPlus.com. It'll take you through it. It's a free trial. Absolutely no risk, okay? I'm sure you're going to like it. I'd really appreciate it if you got it, okay? Uh, my family has it, for real, we do. Uh, and my wife has actually given it to a few people. Take a look at my family. Let's take a look at what they are up to today. Come on, there's Madeline. She's just turned two. And here comes her big sister, Annalise, she's three. Hmm. I think they may be ready for the big kid slide, right? Say that hi, wasn't... Emma. Hi, Ray. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, we need to go on a bigger slide this weekend. I'll be home soon, ladies, and thanks for watching. Have a good weekend.
first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. 